Hey, welcome to this week's edition of Tricky Kid Radio. I am your host, Roy Turner. Special edition this week, coming to you live uh, from the PAX Gaming Convention in, uh, in, in downtown San Antonio. Uh, it's a convention center here. Because uh, this is going to be the official Royal Rumble weekend wrap-up. Uh, joining me this week, my co-host for this big adventure is writer and hip-hop recording artist, Jay Skinner. Jay, welcome to the show. Hey, man. Thanks for having me again. Of course, man. Now, listen, of course, full disclaimer, Jay is also uh, has, goes by another nickname, which is my nephew. Uh, but he would be on this show regardless of, of any sort of nepotism uh, because he just kicks that much ass. And uh, and he is, my, he, is, he is my riding partner. He's my riding buddy. And together we make a great team. I appreciate that. Thank you for the nod. Of course, man. And so, yeah, so he and I have done WrestleMania 25 together. We did... Uh, WrestleMania 32 together last year, and, and all the the, uh, the, uh, the the events that went along with that weekend, and what a weekend we have had here in San Antonio. Uh, again, with the uh, here at the PAX Gaming Convention, uh, which has already has ended, but we're here, here doing this at the convention center, uh, and we'll get into all the good stuff there. Uh, first of all, Jay, where can they find you on the interwebs? Uh, man, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, that's at jskinnermusic. Of course, I'm also on Instagram. Uh, that's uh, at jgotham501, uh, you know, for representing that Little Rock. <laughs> yeah, Jay is, is, from, is from, from Little Rock, Arkansas. And uh, as uh, many of you know, uh, that's where uh, my meager beginnings began, as well as... So for all of you that, that call it a flyover state, uh, think again. Good things uh, can... Uh, can happen uh, regardless of where you're from. So, uh, and and Jay, you're you're a, you're a proud Arkansan. Is that correct? Proud Arkansan. That's that's correct. The state itself might be a flyover, but the people there are not. Good, good. That's good. I like that. And that should, that should be the new no, no, no slogan. It's usually what it's a it's a natural state. It's the natural okay. state because I, I it's also the diamond state. The diamond state. Okay. I left when I was 12, as you know, and uh, uh, and you know what? I, I you know ne- next time maybe maybe we'll we'll do some. We'll do, we'll do a little Arkansan Ar- 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 facts here for you. Um, and stick around because at the very end of the show, uh, in addition to our song of the week, I'm going to put uh, Jay on the spot here, and he's going to do an amazing freestyle for you like he did last time. Uh, a lot of people uh, wrote in uh, on Reddit and on Twitter uh, for the WrestleMania 32 wrap-up uh, how much they enjoyed that and enjoyed that segment. So we're going to bring that back, and even if you didn't like it, Tough. I like it. It's awesome, and uh, he's gonna he's gonna do it. So, uh, so let's get let's get into this, okay? Uh, real fast, of course. Obviously, you can find us on uh, Twitter at Tricky Kid the Number Two. Uh, go to Facebook, type in Tricky Kid Radio. Uh, if you have not subscribed, what are you thinking? What are you doing? Uh, go to iTunes, type in Tricky Kid Radio, Tricky Kid Radio podcast. Click the subscribe button. It's free, and you'll get shows just like this each and every week. Got a lot of great stuff coming up for you. Um, if you guys haven't heard from the, the Vegas episode, we were in Vegas last week. Uh, also, the, the Clerks uh, episode from, from New Year's Eve. We got a lot of great stuff coming down the pike. Uh, uh, Ming Chen from uh, AMC's Comic Book Man uh, is going to be on next week. Uh, Heavy Metal Legends Diamond Head. Uh, lots of good stuff coming up, so stick around for that. Okay? Uh, so now, let's get into this. It's Royal Rumble weekend. So, Jay, tell me this. What is the biggest thing that you took away? Oh, yeah, real fast. Spoilers. It's Thursday, so you should have seen all this by now if you're listening to this because you're a wrestling fan. But uh, if you have not seen uh, any of the NXT events or Royal Rumble or even Raw uh, after, you may want to want to wait. But, uh, but hopefully uh, you're already caught up and you can enjoy this episode today now as is. So, again... Jay, what what is your what was your biggest takeaway from you for from this weekend, uh, specifically with the Rumble? Yeah, specifically with, with the Rumble, man. I mean, as you know, and and we've discussed this, you know, that's that's one of your favorite events. It's one for of my sure. favorite events for as sure. well. And uh, man, it's it it really seems like WWE is taking the pageantry of that event to the next level. For sure, they're trying to put it closer to the level of WrestleMania, and you could definitely feel that in the atmosphere of the crowd. And that's what I wanted to say. I tweeted out this, uh, this yesterday and, uh, and you know, the, the good people from visit San Antonio were, were, were kind enough to, to show their appreciation. Was it, is it, it was, it, I echo what you're saying, because again, you have the, for wrestling fans out there know this, but those that are just listening for the first time, uh, you used to be, it was four big major events seasonally, you know, like, you know, 
fall, of course, spring, summer, and uh, and wintertime. And uh, the one, of course, in the wintertime is the Royal Rumble. Now, Royal's WrestleMania is kind of like the Super Bowl, and the other ones are kind of like the playoffs in a sense. Uh, the Royal Rumble has always been my favorite. And throughout the show, you're going to hear a couple little sound sound bites here and there uh, from primarily my favorite event, which is the 1992 Royal Rumble. But let me, let me set the stage for those out there just to let you know. Is it okay? Basically, how the Royal Rumble works is this. If you know anything about wrestling, you probably have seen a battle royal where about 20, 30 guys are all in the ring at the exact same time, and then they ring the bell, and all hell breaks loose, and it's supposed to be a big spectacle, uh, and you have to get thrown over the top rope. Both feet touch the ground, you're eliminated. Pretty fun. But this is something that that, uh, that legendary Hall of Famer Pat Patterson invented uh, 30 years ago, uh, and that's and this is actually celebrating the 30th anniversary of the Royal Rumble. And how it works is, is there's 30 guys, but two guys start in the ring who drew, who drew numbers like a lottery, numbers one and two. And then every, in this year, thankfully, two minutes, because in past years it's been a minute or 90 seconds, but it's always been, I think, two minutes is, is ideal. And, and after being there, didn't you feel like two minutes yeah. might even almost be a little a little short as well? A, a little bit short. And what's interesting is you asked me prior to, and I right. said, you know, I actually prefer the 90 seconds. And then actually being there... Two minutes seemed almost too short. See, and I've always been like, no, I want two minutes because I want I want it to be a showcase. That one year where it was where it was one minute, it was just like <clears throat> it went by too fast. You never got acclimated. But now being there, because that was the big deal, was that we've been to all those WrestleManias, and I've been to even even a few more uh, in addition to that, and, and some other pay per views. But I've never been to the Royal Rumble. And man, it, it was such a pleasure to be able to, to check that off this weekend and be able to do that with you, not only to keep our tradition going. Um, and man, we picked the right one, didn't we? Absolutely. Absolutely. Without question. Because it was the 30th anniversary, and I've been dreaming about this since I was 12 years old, about attending a, a Royal Rumble. Again, you know, most people have their Super Bowl party, uh, you know, watching parties in January. Ours is the Royal Rumble. And it's so fun to do the countdown, you know, because right before the next person comes out, they'll do the, the, the countdown backwards from 10. And who doesn't love that? It's like New Year's Eve every, every two minutes, right? Um, and it's fun to guess who is coming out and who it's going to be because then it's every man for himself. So all the different, you know, new alliances or, or previous alliances can be kind of forgotten for a moment. And it really creates, uh, you know, a, a really neat dynamic. Uh, for the event. And so to be there live, to be able to do the countdowns and to, and to be surprised and everything else was just wonderful. Um, and so, again, it being in, you know, again, we talked about Arkansas, but I have, you know, I, I, I you know, I have to say my home state of Texas because I, you know, because I've been here for, you know, for, I was 12, uh, eight years in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, uh, but, uh, but still, um, it being in Texas, it being in San Antonio, which has a very specific history with not only just the WWE, but with Shawn Michaels and winning it there at the Alamo Dome 20 years ago. And this is the this will be the third time. So for it to be the 30th anniversary and golly, what a freaking stack lineup. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, that was kind of one of the biggest things about it. Uh, you know, we and we talked about it, you know, going into it, you know, 92 that you referred to as being your favorite. It was one of the most stacked lineups. And I think this is right there in contention. You know, not everybody's on the same level as back then. You had Hogan, you had Macho Man, you had uh, Ric Flair. But I think that there are a lot of people who can potentially become those same legendary figures. Well, for, for sure. But I, I think it had that specialness. And here's, what, again, well, I wanted to, to I'm, I'm sure not everybody in that, you know, all almost 60,000 that were there were from San Antonio. But I, I felt like that there was something about that city. Because, again, the Royal Rumble is normally in an arena. Whereas WrestleMania is in a stadium, so for them to and the Alamo Dome is a stadium. It's an it's an it's an indoor stadium. Uh, it's, a, it's a much older building, as we found out. <laughs> uh, but 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 uh, much respect. But my point is is that normally the Royal Rumble is held in a twenty thousand or less, you know, you know, arena level type kind of deal. So and if it was held anywhere else, but San Antonio and maybe a few other places, select places, it still would have been. So the fact is that they decided to put it in the Alamo Dome for its 30th anniversary is very, very, very specific. And for me, that crowd was so white hot and so rabid. And again, I've been to we we have been 
to multiple WrestleManias. And I, I, I can't say, and even with the 100,000 people that packed AT&T Stadium in Dallas last year, I can't say that that, that 100,000 were any louder than the, than the 53,000 that were at the Alamo Dome. So uh, I wanted to, to, to express my gratitude for making our, uh, hopefully, first of many Royal Rumbles such a, a memorable and pleasant experience, um, uh, regardless of the lineup, because, you know, uh, the, the crowd was just so, just so with it and so there. Now, uh, it's one of those things where, like, okay, so historically, where does it fit, like you're saying? So the 1992 Royal Rumble is something that, you know, I would have liked and loved and cherished, even if historically it's been, it, it had been panned. I didn't realize historically that that is also looked at as, like, the best one, okay? I mean, I, I guess it, it's not a coincidence that my, you know, right. that, that I enjoyed it so much, so maybe somebody else did too. Right. But it holds a very, very, very special place for me. Uh, I, I even asked you, I said, you remember uh, if you ever have like a, like a, like a sick movie, when I call it sick movie, I mean like when you were staying home from school and you were sick and you would watch that one thing for comfort, uh, the 1992 Royal Rumble, and I know it like the Zapruder film. I could tell you right now without looking at a chart, uh, you know, it's, I'm not, I'm not ashamed to say I can tell you every entry in order, who eliminated them in what order, though I, I know it frontwards and backwards, I can do it for you the whole thing right now including the commentary of Bobby the Brain's brilliant. It ain't fair to flare. But so if you have the W Network, uh, I implore you to uh, to please check out the 92 Rumble. Uh, okay, so let's talk about this Rumble. Now, I'm not. I'm still not gonna gonna tell you. Uh, we're not gonna say who won. Just 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 to be cool. All right, the people. Good. But the lineup was freaking packed. Yeah. Okay, so to, to have Brock Lesnar. The Undertaker and Goldberg, which had kind of set the stage the week prior on uh, on Raw there, all in one match is, like you're saying, equivalent to having like a Flair and Hogan and uh, <clears throat> trying to think of else, uh, and, uh, you know, in like, like Savage and, and a lot of people that were in that 92 Rumble. Um, <clears throat> now, one tradition of the Rumble is they always will bring back <clears throat> somebody that's not on the main roster anymore. Just as an acknowledgement. And that didn't quite happen this year. Yeah, it kind of felt like a, a little bit of a missed opportunity, I think, too. Uh, being in San Antonio, Texas, you know, you have so many superstars that are from, you know, the state, if not from the area. Of course, we saw the appearance from from Shawn uh, Michaels early in the show. Uh, but in the actual Royal Rumble match, you didn't really get that nod. Uh, we saw uh, the return of Mark Henry. He's not exactly... Uh, frequently in the uh, on television or in, on uh, the main roster, but but from Texas to be fair, but from Texas, uh, and then you also had the Big Show made his first in in ring return, right? But there, it seems like 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 they could have brought like I don't know like Kevin Von Erich or something, you know, even though uh, <clears throat> you equate him more of course with the Dallas Fort Worth area, but it being in Texas, I mean, or like Terry Funk if he's even able to do it, and. Uh, <clears throat> But that's kind of the whole fun part about the Rumble is that, and that's what's always made it so fun, is that for one day, an old wrestler gets to come back home and, and to, to the old family. And it just kind of creates this kind of vibe of, oh my God, anything goes. Now, whenever you were a kid, you didn't know that. In your mind, the entire history of wrestling is somehow physically in the the, the, the locker room. All right. You know? Literally, it could be, you know, Luthez is back there somewhere and just waiting for his number to be called. Right. It creates, um, you know, it's almost like ignorance is bliss in that sense. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> because you think, oh, my God, if, you know, back in the day, Bam Bam Bigelow or somebody you hadn't seen in 10 or more years, then, you know, who is back there? What what could it be? It's like they something kind of kind of draw from that. And that didn't happen this time, and, I, and I'd be lying if I said I wasn't disappointed because I, I I I find that to be a crucial part of it. <clears throat> You'll have people out there that will take it very very seriously, uh, <clears throat> and 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 find that the um, that you know these spots are very coveted, and why would you waste a spot on some old guy when? And a lot, so some people actually don't like that tradition, and maybe that that they were listening to them this year. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I can see that perspective, but at the same time, 
you know, if you're talking about coveted spots, you know, there were some spots that went to people like James Ellsworth, right. you know, right. and uh, of course he had his little shtick and he had his, his following uh, for a couple of weeks. And, you know, it feels like they've, they've jumped the shark with that and they've, you know, signed him. And so uh, he'll continue to be on television and in these live events. Uh, but definitely feel like that was a spot that could have went to a, a WWE legend. Uh, well, you know, <clears throat> but we did get to see Carmella, yeah, and, and that was that was probably the best part about his appearance. <clears throat> but any excuse to, to see Carmella is uh, is okay with me. But you know, here's what I mean by ignorance is bliss. Uh, you saw on the screen that there was one year <clears throat> where when Mick Foley was doing his three faces of Foley. And he's the only person ever to, you know, to be a multiple entrant into one Royal Rumble where he came out as Mankind, Dude Love, and Cactus Jack. Now, again, somebody wrote that for him. But some other wrestler could think, like, like, you know, this is some selfish crap right here. Why is this guy getting three entrants and, you, and he didn't win the Rumble? <clears throat> so why are you, you, you something? It's like they're investing so much. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Into this one person that's not actually winning. They're just kind of committed to that gimmick. But see, that's what I like. They're so committed to that kind of gimmick. It was like the thing that happened <clears throat> with Seamus and Cesaro. That whole moment of him picking him up and swinging yeah. everybody, and so much so that it created the idea that he didn't even know who the hell he was swinging. And then when he realized that Cesaro was swinging his own tag team partner, Seamus, and thought better of it, and then decided to go ahead and do it. That is, in essence, the spirit of the Rumble. So I don't get so caught up with that whole thing about, oh, my God, well, you know, there's so many superstars out there that deserve it and things like that. Now, here is one thing that we will tell you <clears throat> that I found to be very, very odd that I, I will because uh, you have to put your faith in them. I mean, this is their product. You have to think that they know what's going on. They're the ones that have brought us all these memories. Uh, so it's like, okay, they, they kind of know what they're doing, right? But sometimes they do things, even for me, the, the least cynical person in the, uh, when it comes to wrestling, that still are a bit of a head scratcher. And But then again, you never know what goes on back there. Maybe somebody got, you know, people, all these, you know, what, do you, what, what did you call them? Smarks or something Smarks, like that? Smarks, yeah. Think that they know what's going on. And as much as you think that you're informed and that you know what's up and you watch it and you know the story, you really have no idea. For all we know, somebody got hurt at the last minute. Somebody had the shits and had to run to the bathroom. You don't, you don't know. Okay? So what I mean is this. I had – it's fun to do the little predictions. And I had predicted uh, – my prediction was that, that numbers 28, 29, and 30, the final three, were going to be Goldberg, Lesnar, and The Undertaker at 30. And I was almost right. They came out almost back to back to back. But oddly, of course, uh, you know, Brock Lesnar was the first, you know, to come out. Uh, and then, but instead of being followed by Goldberg, he was followed by Enzo Amore, <laughs> a guy. So I think that maybe he, he needed something to establish his dominance for a second. Right. But with a, but it doesn't really mean much when it's a guy who's about a bucko five soaking wet. How you doing? Sorry, Enzo. Uh, anyway, um, and then Goldberg came out, and that was, I mean, the roof was flapping. Talk about that moment for a second. Yeah, it was, you know, and you hear it on TV. You see it at the events, at Survivor Series, how how hyped they got. You know, this was my first time ever seeing Goldberg. Mine live. too, mine too. And I think he's over more now than he ha was when he had his year-long winning streak back in WCW. And so it's one of those things where, they blew the roof off of that building as soon as his music kicked. And I think everybody was anticipating that he was going to be the next uh, entrant into the Rumble as well. Because they were, uh, prior to the countdown, chanting already. That's Goldberg. right. That's right. And so I, I, I'm not some kind of a genius here with a crystal ball going, man, what a leap of faith that would be. to think that it would be Lesnar, Goldberg, and Undertaker, 28, 29, and 30. Like, way to go, Captain Obvious Genius. How you doing? Um, <laughs> So I think others were feeling it too. But then, <clears throat> but the numbers were still a bit off because then after it was Goldberg, <clears throat> then, uh, 
Then uh, wasn't there somebody else? Because it wasn't Goldberg and Undertaker. There was somebody in between, wasn't there? You know, I can't, I can't actually recall. I'll have to look it up. But anyway, but then, of course, the Undertaker comes out, and what a freaking moment that is. And he was my prediction uh, to win, actually. Um, and But, you know, we were on the floor. We were right there off the ramp. We could feel the heat and the fire. We were sitting in those seats that you get to take home. I mean, I can't tell you on a personal level, <clears throat> for us to finally make it to the Royal Rumble and to pick the 30th anniversary in Texas and to be on the floor and that close, <clears throat> it's just, it's something that I will always cherish. And I thank you so much. Uh, uh, you know, you know, for, for us being able to do this together and share that moment together. So that was a very personal one, big deal for me, for The Undertaker. <clears throat> but he wasn't <clears throat> number 30. Would you like to tell the fine folks who number 30 was? That would be Roman Reigns. <clears throat> and <clears throat> even myself, and, and, you know, I recorded a little reaction video because I was anticipating a big return or a big debut or, you know, anything uh, along those lines. And as soon as Roman Reigns' music hit, I thought that the the, the crowd was going to tear the roof off the building for a totally different reason. That's what I was, I was saying. Was it, don't, don't you feel that the reaction to Roman Reigns entering at number 30 was equivalent in terms of a, of a jeer, boo pop? As compared, or even exceedingly, to the one to the to the to the face pop that Goldberg received. Yeah, yes. I, 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 th I think you're exactly on point there. Uh, you know, Goldberg came out and it just to a massive, massive eruption from the crowd, followed by the Undertaker as well. That all that momentum just seemed to have just been lost. Yeah, it took the air right out of the building. Uh, you know, like you said, you had so many people, whether they be casual fans or whether they be uh, these educated, quote unquote, uh, fans who, you know, have, have predictions or they've read things or, you know, speculating and, and all those things. And then just to see that once again, WWE is pushing Roman Reigns and, and putting him back out, even after he had already had a match, it doesn't make sense. Right. You know, even within the realm of, of how this event typically uh, plays out, that he would have had a entry in the Rumble uh, and just sending him out number 30. From an outsider's perspective, as you said, you know, we don't know what happened behind the curtains. Right. Maybe they maybe they did have somebody. Who knows? You know. Maybe they did. It was a last second replacement. Uh, but I'll tell you that that the fans and and myself included were thoroughly annoyed by that. Well, but here's something else too. Let let's just 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 say hypothetically because and I hate when people try to try to, to speak for somebody else. I hate when they go <clears throat> when they go like, oh well, this is just Triple H doing this or this is just Vince doing that, and they try to speak for them. You don't know these people. You don't know what they're thinking. But just for fun. What my instincts almost kind of tell me is that it was almost like they were taunting. Because, again, it defies all, all logic. Because think about this just for one second, okay? Think about this. <clears throat> right now, Roman Reigns is the butt of all the jokes. He is somebody that everybody resents. And the reason why, because <clears throat> he's this perfect physical specimen. He looks great. He, you know, he's just, he looks like an action figure. But for, for whatever reason, it's just not there with him, okay? He's got the great look. He's got the, the pedigree, the, the heritage. He's part of the Anwa family. Speaking skills are non-existent and probably always will be. I, I don't see that getting any better, unfortunately. I think that his finishing maneuver and all that kind of stuff is just kind of dumb. So me personally, and I'm sure he's, I'm sure Joe Anwa is a great dude, man. <clears throat> But when Vince McMahon loves somebody, he is full on love, dude. Yeah. He'll bury somebody, okay? I can't help but think that Vince Mc, that, that Roman Reigns is an extension of Vince McMahon saying, because people could think that you have lost the plot. You know, thank God you've turned it over to NXT or you turned the, the, the reins over, pun intended, to Triple H and Stephanie. Because you've lost touch, my friend. You're an old curmudgeon who's lost the plot and you don't know what's going on. The only good thing that have, that have come out of WWE has, has come from 
Triple H's efforts with NXT, and that's why it's a better product and people like it. <clears throat> I think Roman Reigns represents Vince McMahon's <clears throat> need to be like, I still got it. I still have it. I know what's going on. It's guys that look like this that do these cartoonist type kinds of moves in a big, you know, in a, in a big gesture that will create a big fight feel. And all it is is it, it just further proves how much he's lost the plot. Okay, and it's unfortunate that Roman Reigns is kind of stuck in the middle of it. And so I feel like that him putting him at number thirty, okay, is Vince taunting the crowd because again, Vince, Roman already has that going against him anyway. Okay, so so much so that no matter what he does, people are going to hate. Okay, and <clears throat> anytime you try to force somebody down down the fans' throats, they're going to resent it. Hence John Cena and all that kind of stuff who also won the WWE title to tie Ric Flair. And that's not fair to Flair. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, so anybody that came out at number 30 that wasn't what people were expecting, because people were expecting to of NXT was a returning Finn Balor. Yeah. Yeah, that was actually my prediction. Uh, from the time he got injured, actually, was he's going to be the timeline was almost right that he would be back at the Royal Rumble. And, you know, he came straight to the main roster and went over on Roman Reigns clean. Right. He went over, uh, you know, and uh, Seth Rollins clean to win the Universal Championship, the first ever. Uh, and then, of course, during that match was injured and had to uh, had to uh, relinquish the title. And so for me, that was from that moment, that was my prediction that he was going to come back at the Rumble. He was going to win the Rumble and go on to WrestleMania. Okay, and, and it's good, but I still think that maybe the reason why they didn't is either he really wasn't ready or he wasn't healthy, or they want to to set the stage for him to get revenge on Seth Rollins, who legitimately injured him like he seems to do everybody, uh, and like they ended Sting's career, yeah. and he just seems to be a very, very dangerous wrestler, and I um, I hope that, that, that some things change uh, for that. So maybe that's why they didn't do it was because they're, you know, because since Seth wasn't in the Rumble, uh, they had set the stage for him to, because right now it seems like what's going on right now, if you haven't seen Raw, that, you know, Seth seems to be out of control and he's talking all this kinds of crap. And I think that Seth is going to do some really like unhinged kind of like, uh, uh, help, help me out, uh, Brian Pillman kind of stuff. <laughs> You don't think he'll pull a gun on TV? No, no, I don't think so. But but he did say some weird stuff on Raw to Stephanie, which was really weird. I can't believe they let that happen. I'll, I'll let I'll let people watch it and, and and decide for themselves about that. But I think it was wrong, and I think that what's going to happen is he's going to pull some Brian Pillman stuff, and then and then the person that's going to to come in to save, like how Triple H didn't enter the ring and handle it himself. Remember, he let security do it. Right. I think what's going to happen is is that it's going to keep happening like this, and then the person that's going to come in to avenge is going to that's going to be the returning Finn Balor. So I think they thought, well what what would have more emphasis? Him him returning at the Rumble or this? You know, I don't know. You know, having his own program might might might, might be the better way to go. Okay. But still he ain't the only one. Okay. Right. So coming at number 30 could have been, again, like I said, uh there was a lot of opportunity there. And it really seemed like that 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 Vince McMahon was like, because because the rules are if you have a match at the Royal Rumble event, you don't aren't in the Rumble. Okay? So they even defied that, okay, for that to uh you know to make him a part of that. And boy did did, did the crowd just uh not like that uh at all. And again it it felt like a taunt. Did it feel like a taunt? It, it did feel like a taunt. The only way that I could see that getting a worse reaction from the crowd is if he would have came in at number 10. Because even... Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Even going into it, and even as we were uh, on on the way to the event, we were kind of discussing our little uh, predictions. Uh, we we kind of talked about who we thought would come in at, at number 10. And uh, just because, uh, of course, the, the fans and the internet wrestling community uh, and all that have really, really gotten behind one particular individual, and it made all the sense in the world. And so it was kind of one of those things where it would have been a perfect nod for them to, you know, play that music. Uh, and then instead of giving the fans 
what they want. Because as as you know, Vince McMahon is a huge, huge practical joker. Of course. And so, you know, kind of like you were saying, that may have been a rib with him coming in at, at uh, number 30. Uh, but what we kind of talked about was, you know, potentially having The Miz come out. some Somebody who is a heel uh, character. Yeah, that was a smart idea that you had. That, like, you know, coming in at 10, are they going to do the obvious thing? And, and that would be the big surprise with Ty Dillinger, who is the perfect 10, and everybody yells 10, and like, when he's being counted out, they don't let him do the count. They just say 10, 10. And so instead of going, okay, it's going to be Ty Dillinger. And all of a sudden you hear, like you said, awesome. You know? Right. And so, yeah, I think the only way you kind of could have got a worse reaction from uh, Roman coming in was if he would have came in and taken that spot. Because let me tell you, I mean, and again, this is a debuting Ty Dillinger. He was probably one of the most over people he in was. the entire event. And I, I, I don't know if it was because he was so over or it was also the, the combination of like a surprise. And people are very passionate about NXT and they kind of kind of tend to kind of claim them as their own. So it'd be kind of like suddenly seeing like, you know, a, an obscure indie band like, you know, winning a Grammy over U2 or something. You know, it, it kind of has that same kind of vibe as, oh, my God, these are our people or also a self-congratulatory like, see, I told you we, 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 we picked it, mm-hmm. you know. So we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we're going to bring you uh, the song of the week. And we're going to talk about our, uh, our proud sponsors here. Uh, and we're going to come back uh, with some uh, additional thoughts. We're going to talk about, about the NXT events that happened over the weekend. Uh, and we'll be back uh, with more right after this. Okay, so all right, whenever you're ready. Okay, well, this is Sam Jones slash Gordon. I'm with Roy Turner at Tricky Kid Radio. And you better be tuning in or I will find you. Yes, I will. Yes. <laughs> Wanted to tell you about some upcoming appearances uh, for us at Tricky Kid Radio, uh, and me, of course, personal. Uh, uh, not to mention to uh, talk about our great sponsors. Uh, if you go to trickykid.com, you can see a lot more of what we do. Uh, this, of course, is the audio portion, but if you go to tricky-kid.com, uh, a lot more pictures. Uh, anytime you hear an episode. Like, obviously, this is being the Royal Rumble one. If you go there, uh, you'll be able to see, uh, again, a lot more pictures. Click on the Tricky Kid Radio link. Uh, there'll be stuff, obviously, on, on the front page as well. And that way, you can see more pictures, learn more, uh, you know, click on links and things like that. Uh, one of the links you should, you should click on is that, you know, uh, everybody needs office furniture or even furniture for their own house. I think if you have an office in your house, like 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 I do. Uh, if you see a link there, you'll see a thing that's called Office Furniture to Go. Click on that link. Uh, it'll it'll take you to their site, and you'll save a lot of money, and then they'll throw a couple of bucks back our way so we can keep the lights on. I wanted to tell you, uh, for those traveling in the Mid-Cities area, but between Dallas and Fort Worth, if you're, if you're just traveling in to the Dallas-Fort Worth area, uh, and you have a few hours to kill, don't know what to do, check out the Quarter Lounge Arcade. Uh, in Bedford, Texas. Now, the word lounge seems to think that it's a bar. It is not. It's an all-ages, uh, family-friendly, a legitimate, real-deal arcade. It's the, the greatest thing in the world. Uh, you know, people who grew up in the 80s, remember, you used to see these type of things everywhere. And, of course, they've, they've kind of gone uh, away. Or they have become kind of like, uh, like bars, because since most people that want to play those retro games are adults, uh, and Maybe they think that the appeal, you know, is to combine it with alcohol. But what what Quarter Lounge does is combine it with just recreating a, the, you know, how it was originally. Uh, a great selection of games. They also have consoles, uh, which is kind of unique. A lot of the arcades don't actually have have consoles, and they have all the original Atari and Nintendo. Uh, all of our packs. Uh, gaming people in San Antonio I was telling them all about about the Quarter Lounge arcades in Bedford, Texas. Uh, it's right off Airport Freeway. It's five minutes from, from the DFW Airport. Uh, if, you're, if you're a local, come check it out. Uh, if you're from out of town, uh, I definitely implore you to uh, to check that out while, while you're in town. It's a great, great place. Again, the Quarter Lounge uh, Arcade in Bedford. It's 1424 uh, Brown Trail Road there. Uh, give them a visit for sure. Okay, also wanted to tell you about an awesome new platform uh, that is really, really impressive called Breach TV. Uh, you can check out all the diverse video content, and also it's in, in high definition on Breach.tv. 
join today. Uh, it's going to launch here pretty soon. It's a, they're trying to make a new place for content creators uh, and also viewers alike. They have the, the best streaming video uh, and live streaming video experience possible. Uh, and I've been able to, to, to test it out and check it out, and it's fantastic. And you can find them also on Twitter at, uh, at Breach TV. So check them out. Uh, a lot of stuff coming up. IHW Wrestling, uh, local promotion. Of course, I am on the announced team. Um, we had to postpone the uh, the February event. Uh, there was a um, we uh, actually uh, a major death in the family. Um, our version of Vince McMahon, uh, uh, David Fuller, his father, who was kind of like Vince McMahon's senior, uh, has passed away, and we want to give out our condolences to the Fuller family or to the Farmer family, actually, to, to, be, to be precise. Um, and, you know, there was, you know, he was the heart and soul of HW Wrestling. So we're going to take a month off uh, to kind of recover and kind of catch our breath, but we will be back with an announcement um, probably sometime in April. We will uh, have something for you there, but, but stay tuned uh, for announcements coming up with IHW Wrestling. Also in the month of April, uh, Califar Alley out in, out in Las Vegas. Uh, we'll be out there. Uh, my, my extended gorgeous ladies of wrestling family are going to be honored this year, which is going to be great. And so if you've never been to Califar Alley, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a different, different type of, of thing. It's not really quite a fan uh, convention. It's, um, it's more of, of a place where wrestlers, old wrestlers can, can, can get together and uh, kind of see each other once a year. But it's a... Uh, you're able to go and be a part of it. It is. It is. It can be a very unique uh, and rewarding experience. Uh, okay. So, uh, without further ado, uh, I want to go ahead and bring you uh, the song of the week. And what's what's cool is that there's already so many uh, bands coming out right now uh, with with new music already this this early in the year. So this is going to be uh, a song from. Thrash Legends creator from Germany who's celebrating 35 years as a band this year. And I love it that in 2017, um, the name of the album is, of course, Gods of Violence, and it's all dramatic. And um, But I love it that in 2017 that they wrote a song called Satan is Real. <laughs> and it's awesome. Uh, so I have a creator were a hugely influential thing for me uh, growing up. These intensely crazy-looking album covers with albums like uh, God, like Extreme Aggression and uh, Terrible Certainty, all this impending kind of comic booky kind of impending doom kind of stuff. But 35 years on, man, they're still kicking ass. So this is Satan is Real uh, from the just-released Gods of Violence record from the band Creator.
against number three. There goes the bunker. No. Oh, yes. Damn it. It's Ric Flair. Look at Justice just watching. Flair once again hooking that bottom rope. And looking from behind. Oh, Justice got rid of Hulk. Uh-oh. I don't like the looks of things now. There are no friends. There are no friends. Only enemies. Oh, is Hulk upset. He said, you stole my back. What the? What the? And hey, look at this. Hulkster holding on. Trying to pull him out. It's flowing from behind. Oh, yes. 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 And we are back. Again, we're coming to you live from San Antonio at the, uh, the PAX Gaming Convention uh, post-haste uh, here at the Convention Center in beautiful downtown San Antonio. Um, ever over a, an amazing Royal Rumble, WWE Royal Rumble weekend. And we didn't just uh, attend, of course, uh, this wonderful gaming convention and the big Rumble event across the street here at the Alamo Dome. We also went to uh, two... NXT events this weekend, uh, a, uh, a what, what they call a house show, uh, meaning that it's a non-televised event in Dallas as a precursor, and then uh, a big the big event which was a pay-per-view, kind of like their uh, you know their their uh, how often are the NXT shows? Are they bi-monthly? They're not they like they only do takeovers every they don't do it every time. Yeah, it's it's uh, like four times a year. Yeah, right? it's basically four times a year. Like uh, it used to be. Yeah, for the big four, basically, it's it's kind of in supplement to that. Got it. So so NXT, so exactly. So Triple H is, is continuing that old tradition of having that with the big four. So you're right on that. So they do it with those big four. Okay. Anyway, so, and they're called TakeOver Events. And so NXT, again, uh, uh, a live event on Friday, uh, this past weekend in Dallas, and then the big TakeOver event in San Antonio. Uh, and Jay, you're a huge NXT fan. Um, it's probably your, your, maybe your favorite, uh, export of the WWE brand. Um, what were your thoughts about the weekend, uh, the, the two shows this weekend? Yeah. So, uh, like, like you said, you actually put me up on NXT, uh, the last time yep. that, uh, that we were able to do this, uh, there were a lot of these guys who were coming up or debuted, Right after WrestleMania, and I was like, I don't know who any of these guys are. Right, like, uh, like for example, like Enzo and Kaz debuted, uh, Apollo Cruz debuted, uh, Baron Corbin the day before at WrestleMania. Um, yeah, there was. I think about even uh, the Vaude Villains. Uh, like, 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 it was a big, a big exodus from NXT. Absolutely, and so you had kind of uh, put me up on that, and and I watched a couple of events. Uh, got to see Finn Balor while he was still down there. Uh, Went back and watched the uh, the Shinsuke Nakamura uh, debut and just the overall feel of that crowd just really won me over. And it's, you know, in opposition to, to Raw or to SmackDown or anything that the main roster is putting out, you know, it's very polished because it, it is corporate, they, it, you know, and so they have to put out a certain product. But you still have this almost raw punk rock very, very diy punk rock thing uh with <clears> nxt <throat> and you know i think that that speaks to kind of the more hardcore fan or the fan who remembers the way that things were you know back in the attitude era well, well or even before that meaning that it's more more of, of, of an intimacy and, there's, and that's the thing that comes really why people are so passionate about things like punk rock and heavy metal or 
or anything that's kind of on the underground or outsider kind of stuff. And, and, and young people, you know, we, we, we like things that are rebellious. You know, we like, and that's what it, they seem, they seem like rebels. They seem like, like outsider stuff. You see what I'm saying? And it's neat to be a part of that. And then you feel a part of that when it's in, in an intimate setting. Because again, that show in um, in Dallas, and I think it's also what's on purpose. Like, I mean, they, they probably could have gone to, I mean, the, sh the show was sold out, so that means that they could have played to a bigger room. <clears throat> I like the idea that they're, they're putting uh, a vibe over commerce, which is not really, you know, kind of that, that Jerry Maguire kind of business model that doesn't really work in the corporate world. Because where we saw the house show on Friday, that's where, that's where they, they have rock shows, the punk rock shows. And everything is black out, blacked out, so it's very dark. It gives you that kind of that old school, you know, the indies. Like I was going to mid, you know, seeing mid south whenever I was a kid, mid south wrestling and world class wrestling, and <clears throat> but again, but still, all the things that I didn't like about that product, meaning that it's polished, but yet with that, but not not in a appropriated kind of distressed jeans on purpose type kind of thing, you know. It, it, and so it was only about, I'd say about, I don't know, between five to 600 people in this room that I normally see music in and everything is totally dark. It's hard, you know, you, you feel a part of it because it is intimate. Definitely. And and that was kind of one of the things and, and going straight from that and then being at TakeOver, just the feeling, the difference in the feeling and the atmosphere, you know, I mean, and of course it was incredible on both ends. Right. But you had, even though this was a dark match and everything, you had almost a big fight feel to some of these matches just because you were so close to the action. You right. were so close and so intimate. And, well, you know, you're so you invested, had, yeah. And invested. And you have, you know, a lot of the Hill characters are able to uh, interact more with the audience than what they're able to do in some right. of these bigger environments. And so, you know, you saw, you would see that where, uh, you know, Dash and Dawson are sitting there bickering back and forth with the crowd or right. the, the drifter uh, playing up to the crowd there. Man, at I want to give a shout out to Elijah Sampson as a drifter, but seeing that in person, because that was so smart. And, and everyone's kind of in on it, because when it's so smart like that, it's so small like that, I'm saying, and he can, when a, when a, when a performer can say something off mic, and the whole room can still hear it. That means we're kind of part of the conversation, and that makes you a part of it. And you, you and I, we were right there. We were, you know, ten feet from the ring. And I had never paid that much attention to Elijah Sampson on television for the television product. And what he did was so smart and so awesome, and did his job. I mean, even when he started getting a face pop. He immediately was able to be so smart and pick up on it, use his instincts to do something to immediately do his job, which is to get a heel reaction. And I thought he was funny, and he had great. And I, I'm 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 a convert. I'm a he. I'm a fan now, of, and I'm going to be paying a lot more attention. And and that just shows you right there that sure you can say that the television cameras, but nothing beats being live at these events, man. Nothing. And you know. Uh, the, the NXT thing, of course, you know, it happened the weekend of WrestleMania 32 here, in, uh, uh, being back in Dallas, <clears throat> was probably what they consider to be still one of the biggest takeovers and one of the biggest events, uh, being the debut, of course, of Shinsuke Nakamura. What did it feel like for you to actually just to see that amazing entrance and everything else, uh, you know, it, in person? It's, it's super surreal, you know, uh, like I said, man, and just being able to see him even in America is still so surreal and seeing him on American television is still so surreal. Uh, and, and you can see and feel the vibe when you're watching it. Uh, but of course this was my first time seeing him in person and it's just, you know, an absolutely amazing feeling, you know, when that, those lights go out and his entrance starts, you, you've got the whole crowd just losing their mind. Uh, and, and just being that in that proximity you know to, to someone who is that great you know it feels like we, we kind of talked about at another event you know being in the building with Michael Jordan you know what I mean like right right it, 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 I mean without the pageantry without the song without the, without the crowd he's got that that feeling to him that when you're when you're around greatness uh it it, it doesn't hide it, it can't hide uh it shines like I said bright like a diamond and then when you compare then when you combine that with this crazy, uh, just inspired pageantry and music 
that invites the, 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 the whole crowd to sing in this very dramatic type kind of way. Uh, I thought it was great at the house show that the, uh, that the, the main event was Shinsuke Nakamura along with DIY, which is Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano. Um, and versus it was, uh, Bobby Roode and the authors of pain. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then, but when Shinsuke does his thing where he just drops completely to the ground while still holding the top rope, that Tommaso and Johnny <laughs> did it with him. All right. He wasn't doing their gimmick. Yeah. They were doing his. What does that say to you? Yeah, that just tells you just how much of a legend he is and how, how over he is, not only with the fans and not only with, you know, the supporters, but also with his peers. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um and then, uh, but, you know, right along there with him, of course, is uh, his, you know, his opponent. Because basically what that was, was explain that. Because basically that was a setup for TakeOver. Explain that for a second. Yeah, so basically you had two main events for TakeOver. And one was the ta- for the tag team titles, uh, the NXT tag team titles, rather. Uh, and that was DIY versus Authors of Pain. And then you also had the, the main main event, uh, for, the for the NXT title, which was Bobby Roode, the glorious one, uh, versus Shinsuke Nakamura. And so it was kind of a prelude to that. You know, well, they just kind of combined them in a six-man tag, bring on three, right? Uh, okay. And But, you know, but at the same time, when Bobby Roode came out and we got to do that whole glorious thing where the whole crowd is singing, you know, dramatically and it's absurd and it's so obnoxious <laughs> and so much fun it really is like even if you're not a fan of bobby Roode, if you're not a fan of you know that song or that entrance or whatever the case is when you're right there in the moment and that music hits like you're going to sing dramatically well yeah what unless you hate fun (laughs) unless you have no pulse how how would you not and he's a heel you know what i'm saying okay so now um and, and now something else i wanted to talk about so we've been very 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 busy um uh, this weekend uh, with a lot of other different stuff. So after the NXT house show in Dallas, uh, we didn't immediately book it to San Antonio. We went to Fort Worth uh, and to pay our, our friend Rob Van Dam, uh, to pay him a visit. Uh, as you know, I, I'm, in, uh, I'm the on the announce team for IHWE Wrestling. Uh, in Fort Worth, Texas, and uh, and together we produced an event where Rob Van Dam, legendary Rob Van Dam wrestler, uh, or wrestler Rob Van Dam, uh, is actually, a lot of people don't know this, he's actually a pretty funny guy. Uh, we got a glimpse of it, of course, during WrestleMania weekend when he, when Jim Ross was doing his one-man show right after Hall of Fame, and Van Dam showed up with a couple other Cretans, uh, <laughs> who, who was it, it was uh, Jeff Hardy and Jeff Hardy and uh, uh, Hurricane, Hurricane Helms, yeah. Right. Um, and thank God nobody was driving. Um, <laughs> anyway, so, but Van Dam was actually doing a, uh, a, a, a stand-up comedy tour, but instead of playing, he's probably playing in some comedy clubs, but instead of doing a comedy club show, you know, where it's the two drink minimum thing, he played at a punk rock sh- uh, club that plays a lot of heavy metal, like a, a, a basically a total shithole in Fort Worth called Tomcats. Uh, no disrespect to that. I mean, in the most charming of, of ways. But I thought that was kind of cool. Instead of him playing at Hyenas or, or something like that, or that's a, a chain of, of comedy clubs uh, uh, in the South, he uh, played this little club. And he was funny, man. Very funny. Well, Very funny. Like, like, like what did you think of the set? Yeah, overall, it was it was really good. You know, he uh, he was able to work in some material, uh, bringing up his his uh, history with the WWE and just kind of going over some stories. But overall, he was a genuinely funny dude. And, you know, we kind of, like you said, took that away uh, from from uh, WrestleMania weekend. And, and, of course, I think he was uh, not in the same state of mind uh, that night, but uh, but really just genuinely funny. On his way. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, on his way. Uh, just really genuinely funny. Uh, and, and just overall, man, uh, just, just a cool dude. Yeah, yeah, you know what? And it's funny because, like I said, you know, we we're not like you know exchanging Christmas cards with with, with Van Dam, but you know that wasn't our our, our first encounter. So it's certainly not mine. And I've run into him uh, uh, quite a few times in Vegas and and other places, and we've always had a had had a good time. But this time we were really able to kind of like you know kind of you know talk and 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 shoot the shit and have a good time with him, and uh, you know one on one or or two on one or just the three of us together and. 
and really talk, uh, you know, uh, you know, you know, for real, like not in a crowded type kind of thing, just as, as, uh, just, you know, three, three guys hanging out and, and talking together. And, uh, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. You know, he, he's a super cool guy. And again, if you get a chance to see his listings, um, go check it out. It's funny. I mean, even if you're not a wrestling fan, it, it, it's a, it's just a, a funny show. It's a funny thing. And it does help if you're a wrestling fan because he does draw from a lot of, obviously tells, tells a lot of stories and things like that. And that's helped to get those references, but, um, awesome. Awesome. Get a chance to hang out with Rob and just kind of, you know, uh, you know, kind of bond with him for, for, for a while. And he was there with uh, uh, legendary uh, Bobby Duncan Jr.'s daughter. Uh, to talk about, about Bobby Duncan. Yeah, man. Uh, well, you know, and earlier you had mentioned uh, Terry Funk. You know, he was actually trained by Terry Funk. He's He was from uh, Amarillo. Okay, okay. And so uh, he was trained by Terry and Dory Funk, legendary uh, in, in, in early WCW and uh, very just prolific uh wrestler and matt wrestler and so it's it's one of those things where he has carried over a great deal unfortunately he did tragically pass away 16 years ago yeah yeah and so uh but definitely had a massive impact on wrestling as we know it today and so 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 that that was that was a a neat thing being able to uh and, and she's done some wrestling too hasn't she she has i think she actually still does some uh some independent scene wrestling right okay and she was totally cool uh, freaking gorgeous too. My goodness. Um, uh, so it was great to be able to welcome, uh, you know, Rob Van Dam to, to Fort Worth and let and have him do his thing as well. And so, um, a few other things, uh, like I said, I want to get a couple of shout outs and then we're going to have Jay freestyle for us as promised here. Uh, so to recap again, um, if, if, if we had to do the whole, like, you know, uh, four stars thing, I would say that, um, that uh, the house show for NXT was straight up, you know, it was, a, it, it's hard to say that it wasn't anything but perfect and awesome and good. A perfect 10, like Ty Dillinger would say. Um, so, okay. So NXT live event house show, one to four stars. What, what do you give it? Uh, I'm going to get, I'm going to give it a three in comparison. Right. Cause we're only comparing it to, to the other events. Right. Uh, and then, and then what about takeover? Takeover was was amazing, you know, and, and just that overall feel and atmosphere uh, that we got from the live show, but expanded to to such a big audience. Ah, uh, and it's 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 kind of tough to say, you know, because I want to put it right there on the same level, even though because they're even though it's the same product, it's it's two separate. Well, for sure, for sure. But I'll tell you this: that took away. I am now a big Elijah Sampson fan. And I already liked Peyton Royce before the uh, from Australia, but she really, really impressed me uh, this weekend within her, you know, her matches with Oscar and uh, and and everything else. And I, I think the sky's the limit for her. I think she's probably going to be the next NXT champion and somebody that we will see on the main roster uh, uh, probably. Because I kept thinking like, who's going to be next? I would see Oscar. I really like Liv Morgan. I was sad that she wasn't at, at the events this weekend. Um, but uh, I was really hoping to see her. But I, Peyton Royce really showed me something this weekend. Uh, and again, you know, I, uh, you know, and the, the freaking Royal Rumble, man. I mean, what can you say? We were at the 30th anniversary in San Antonio with the Royal Rumble with The Undertaker, Goldberg, Lesnar, uh, and got in so many, so many greats there. Uh, and just on a personal level, what an amazing experience that was to be on the floor by the ramp, to feel the, the, the flames. And to walk out with the chairs we sit in. Yeah, on a personal level, you can't give it anything less than a five. I mean, it was it was amazing, amazing experience. You know, the overall atmosphere of the crowd made the show. Uh, like you said before, they were white hot the entire event. Uh, you know, there were there were some disappointments there as far as you know the booking of the show, the Roman Reigns thing. Uh, but uh, you know, from from just a fan, a childhood fan, and going back to that childhood and everything, it's it's a uh, Quite amazing, and and I, I can't see giving anything less than a five. I'm right there with you. So two thumbs up, four thumbs up, because there's two of us. <laughs> we got four thumbs here. Okay, so Mr. Skinner, yes sir. J Music. Okay, I want to hear a few words from you now. So again, Jay is also a hip hop uh, recording artist and performer, uh, and he's got he. Got, Got that the gift of gab and the ability to, to spit from the dome, as they like to say. So <laughs> I'm going to let you uh, take over here 
and uh, and let it rip, my friend. Whenever you're ready. Very cool. First off, Jay Skinner Music on Twitter, Jay Gotham five hundred one on Instagram, and thank you for the opportunity, Roy. Of course. Uh, let's see. Um, I still remember when I lost my innocence. Ever since, better ish seemed imminent. Never give it up. Stay celibate. Elephants in the room outweigh the evidence. Yeah, I think I need a better regimen. Better focus on my betterment. Cause you know, like I know, I've been popping bottles of medicine. Yet I am sicker than I've ever been. Uh. Pretty good, man. Yes, thank you. Can you hear the clapping here in the studio here for Jay Skinner? Definitely check out his stuff, man. Uh, you're 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 a one uh, talented individual, my friend. Uh, all nepotism aside, you're also a great friend, um, and I really have, have appreciated how much fun uh, that we've had a chance to to do this this weekend. Again, like I said all uh, uh, you know, even if you weren't my my sister's son, uh, again, I think we're you know we we are great friends. Absolutely. And so, um, and you're a talented guy, and me being uh, you obviously a hip hop DJ. Uh, and a, and a uh, hip-hop aficionado and just a student of, of the art of hip-hop uh, my entire life. Uh, it's such a pleasure to be able to, to, to know somebody that, that, that shares that and is able to express that. Because, you know, it's one of those things where it's like we all have our, our gifts. For me, rapping uh, uh, isn't one of them. Maybe <laughs> if I worked on it because it's uh, – but, uh, but thank you for that. That, Absolutely. Was, that was wonderful. Thank you. And once again, uh, Jay, where can they find you across the, uh, the, the, the World Wide Web? On Twitter, you can find me at Jay Skinner Music, and on Instagram, Jay Gotham Five Hundred One. And of course, you can find us on Twitter at uh, Tricky Kid in the number two. Uh, also, go to Facebook, type in Tricky Kid Radio. It'll come right up. Give us a like if you can. Uh, and as well as, come on, man, you know, you know, let me save you, save you the hunt. Just go to iTunes, type in Tricky Kid Radio Podcast, click subscribe. It's free. You'll get shows just like this each and every single week. Lots of great guests coming up. Next week, we'll have Ming Chen from AMC's Comic Book Men, the Kevin Smith vehicle for uh, his uh, his love for comics and, uh, and, and filmed right there at his actual comic book store there called uh, The Secret Stash there in, in Red Bank, New Jersey. Uh, lots of coming up. Heavy metal legend Diamond Head, who basically uh, Metallica started out as a Diamond Head cover band. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's no shit, um, essentially. And so... Going to have them. Lots of good stuff coming down the pike. So check all that stuff out. And, hey, again, uh, after we were uh, coming to you again, we want to thank the fine people here at the PAX Gaming Convention uh, and everybody in San Antonio and Visit San Antonio, uh, our friends at Cricket Wireless, uh, and everybody else uh, that made this weekend such a, an, an amazing experience. And so, again, for my friend uh, and writing partner and this week's co-host, Jay Skinner, I'm Roy Turner. We'll see you next week.